0: Hi, this is Talking in Bed, and I'm your host, Jen. Today is an episode called Interludes, which are just little thoughts that I had, and I've sort of broken them up with short clips of music in between. Something new to try, and uh, we'll see how it works out. Thanks for listening. Imagine a girl walking to a well. She has a stick over her shoulders and two empty buckets on either end. Was that ever a real thing people did? I get—I guess you'd have to carve out divots in the stick to hold the buckets in place. Wouldn't it have just been easier to make something with wheels? If you have the technology to make a bucket, why couldn't you just make wheels and attach it to something? The buckets on either end of the stick kind of look like two wheels on a car axis, so close, yet so far away. The amount of neck pain you'd have to endure to do something like that every day would make it a completely unsustainable method of fetching water. Does the word laundromat have anything to do with the word automat? Do you know, like, in, like, the 40s and 50s when they had those? It was just kind of like a... It was like a vending machine, essentially, but in a restaurant. It was like a vending machine restaurant where you would just get, like, sandwiches and stuff from a machine. But they were like handmade and stuff. I guess they were made in the restaurant, and then they just didn't have like waitresses. You just bought what you wanted, and I'm trying to figure out where the word laundromat comes. How does it intersect with automat? I guess because it's self service. Oh. That's it. That's it. Automats were self-service and a laundromat is self-service. Now, I am curious if the word laundromat, like, when did that start becoming, getting used, you know? The best information I can get is that the term laundromat was coined by George Edward Pendray, for Westinghouse. I don't know what Westinghouse is um, and I couldn't find when the term was coined. Um, <clears throat> I did see that in Texas they're called washateria's, which is really funny. Um, and I couldn't really find a connection between laundromat and automat, but I really think that it's the self-service element of things. Um, and automats have been around since. Uh, the world's first automat was named Kiesisana, which opened in Berlin, Germany in 1895. Now, I live in Germany. Kiesisana, Kis, That name is like... Not German. I've never heard of it. Doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So, what a funny name for that to have. Did you ever, um, stab yourself with... (laughs) there's more did you ever stab yourself with the end of a pencil when you were a kid and like the tip of the pencil or maybe even the whole little what is that I know it's not lead (laughs) graphite graphite like it got stuck in your skin and then it just stayed there for like years like over a decade I think that I probably had a piece of graphite in my left wrist under the thumb. It's gone now, but I mean... Why does it take graphite so long to break down inside of human flesh? I feel I still feel upset that um that I never got to go on like a big adventure. Like there were movies when I was a kid that like the Goonies for one <laughs> that weren't I mean the Goonies is not like magical, right? It there's no sort of supernatural thing happening. There's no like creature from another planet even though Sloth is an odd looking individual, he's human as far as we are led to believe. And um I never you know, I just feel like when you're a kid and you watch those kind of movies, like it gets you so pumped up for like some kind of crazy adventure that you could go on, and it just never happens. Like childhood is A lot of school, playing with your friends, a lot of imagination, and then it's like your childhood ends, and (laughs) no adventure, you know? Even like (laughs) that movie Fly Away Home from the mid-90s, where a girl raises like a flock of baby geese, and then she like built a prop. and flies them south because they don't have a mother she's their mother I think that was based on a real story as far as I recall but it's like nothing cool like that ever happened nothing I even found goose eggs that had been abandoned and um, my mom and I like kind of tried to save them but They got too cold. Uh, And that, I have to say, (laughs) as much as I enjoyed the adventure of those movies, and I liked kind of playing in that world in my imagination, um, I'm disappointed that it never happened. You know, those kind of movies, they really set you up for just kind of this like sadness that like that's never gonna happen i mean i guess you <laughs> i guess you could say the same for like romance and disney movies right or romance and lots most movies you know it just kind of sets you up for disappointment and there's something so like fantastic about those adventure movies that Oh, what's an, oh, people love uh, Labyrinth. I I never really saw Labyrinth, actually. I think I've seen snippets of it, but it did not... I, I didn't get shown Labyrinth as a kid. So I, I missed out on what I understand to be a... I don't know, some sort of a sexual awakening that occurs during that movie? I'm not totally clear on the details um part of me is really just still waiting for that amazing adventure to sort of crop up and I kind of don't know if that's gonna happen imagine you're sitting in a coffee shop you have nowhere to go, and you're not meeting anyone. You're not sad or overly happy. You just wanted a cup of coffee. The busyness of the place keeps you from being able to focus on reading, so you let your eyes kind of move around, look at different things, and you tune in to different parts of conversations, like eavesdropping in a coffee shop is one of the best things in life um nobody's wearing a mask but they don't have to so it's either the past or it's the future depends on what you're in the mood for you can pick whatever season you can pick whatever kind of drink you want to drink um nobody tries to talk to you you just kind of anonymous Um, so sometimes you're looking at your drink, sometimes you stare out the window, and your mind is just kind of, um, just different things passing through it, you know, just taking in what you see, um, you notice different, like, crowd rushes coming in throughout your time there, and then they dissipate, and... And then sometimes you're the only person in there. but so, you're, you're the only customer in there. And, um... <clears throat> sometimes you think, oh, I should check the time. Or maybe I should check my text messages. But then you realize you don't have anything to do. You don't have anywhere to go. You have a whole day... An evening free. There's nothing that requires your attention. There's nothing that you're obligated to do. Um, and everybody who would be worried about where you might be, they know you're at the coffee shop. They don't mind. They're fine. <laughs> and you're just kind of it's that sense of being alone but not alone like nobody knows who you are they're not really <laughs> bothered about figuring out who you are um and you can be somehow like the the din of the coffee shop it helps to quiet down your brain like the the ambiance, the noise of the coffee shop, just quite a lot of different thoughts down and you can focus on more on what's in front of you, whatever that is. Maybe it's a hot cocoa. Um, and at the same time, you kind of know that like, <laughs> Even though you could be easily replaced by another customer, you know that your presence at the coffee shop sort of helps create the the atmosphere of the coffee shop. But at the same time, it feels like this whole coffee shop, all the people in it and the noise is like, it's for you. It's serving. (laughs) It's giving you so much that it must be just for you, you know, like nobody else could possibly be enjoying it as much as you. You're sort of having this, um, what would you call it? Like an observer experience, you know, like everybody else in the coffee shop is, uh, is going about their lives. You know, they're focused on time and doing things and responsibility and they're not sort of looking at things from an outsider perspective. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right word, but they're in it, and you're just slightly outside of it, just watching and listening to the milk steamer make that horrible screeching noise, but you're kind of willing to forgive it because it's all part of the, the general mood in there. And um, you might have a book with you, but it's almost too distracting. Doing nothing is almost too distracting to then pick up the book and do something. You know, your attention is so fixated on... The noise behind the counter, the, the voices over in the corner, maybe two women who are laughing really loudly. That you're almost more distracted by the, the, the sort of ongoing noise. And you couldn't sort of get into a book and be removed from that place mentally. Like mentally, you are in the coffee shop and <laughs> Nothing after the coffee shop exists. There's nothing after the coffee shop. It's just the coffee shop right now. You're immersed in this world. And, um, you know, lots of different thoughts and memories pop up, like memories from your childhood, vacations, childhood pet. uh, An ex pops into your memories, But they're just kind of observations, so like no thoughts about the world necessarily. You're just kind of just thinking about, well, you're not even intentionally thinking, it's almost like your thoughts and your memories are, they're just kind of floating by like clouds, you know? They're just passing by and you just kind of, you see that thought and and then it passes and Another one comes by and kind of notice that. And um, eventually you get up, stretch your legs, go to the bathroom and kind of think, okay, I guess it's time to move on. And you walk outside and check your phone, look at the time. You have, like, one or two text messages, but nothing urgent. And then you just walk into the evening. So this was a very different episode of Talking in Bed. It was just a, a thought that came into my mind. I thought it could be kind of fun and interesting to record. And um, I felt <laughs> kind of funny, like reading from a script. I can't say that I really enjoyed that part. I, I found that I really liked to uh, break away from the script and try and talk. I didn't feel like the writing was really my voice. it sounded very righty and um so i didn't I didn't like that i I liked the parts where it felt more you know, when I kind of looked away from what I had written and was just talking off of the theme that I had written about um so I don't know <laughs> if I'll do that again. could be an interesting idea but um i just wanted to try it out and uh maybe you liked it maybe you hated it i don't know i uh thanks for listening and um talk to you soon